Are you more of a visual person? Do you wish there was a place that you could learn about the foundations of a relationship with Jesus and being a Christian without the pressure? Someplace pretty and inviting and colorful and comfortable. As an artist, I love pretty things. And when I was coming to Christ, I wanted a place just like that, where I could learn about Jesus while being visually inspired and feel accepted. Well, guess what? That is exactly what FindingFaithAbove.com is all about. In this special little world, you will find the best conversations in our private community and inspiration, art, Bible studies, and books to satisfy that pretty side. And if you are really needing a place to unload, and I totally get it, you want to move forward in your faith, you can sign up for an unstuck session with me, someone who truly understands what it means to go from the chains of religion to the love of Jesus. I can't wait to see you there at FindingFaithAbove.com. Hi there, you are listening to Finding Faith Above. I'm Shelby Hosfield on a mission to help you find your true purpose in his great name. And today we are doing things a little bit different. We are going to dive into the word and this is going to be a Bible reading of Romans. This is the Sunday School mixed with the best coffee talk with your girlfriends. You are listening to Finding Faith Above. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. That was Romans 1.16 through 17, and that's in the English Standard Version. So I went back and forth a lot on deciding which particular uh, version I was wanting to get into, but I decided I'm just going to go kind of back and forth. So I'd love it if you guys would uh, go back and re-listen to the podcast. I think it was podcast three, episode three, where we talked a lot about the Bible because there is a lot of discrepancy. People worry like, okay, if I'm listening to um, or reading the King James Version, then I'm actually getting, you know, how it was originally done. I think that's a misconception that a lot of people have that uh, somehow that's the most true version. But the fact is... um, any of these versions, what they do when they are translating them is they go back to the very, very original manuscripts that they can find. And there's a lot that they go back to and reference and go over. Um, There's one main one um, for the Old Testament, one main one for the New Testament that is the most complete that they've ever been able to find. But there is so much data to um, so many manuscripts, so many things to back up uh, how they decide to process and translate. So there is no bad version. That's that's my point on this when you're talking about these ones that have been um, proofed by all of these wonderful scholars and theologians and just wonderful people who pour their lives into putting together these translations. So there's nothing wrong with it. Um, that being said, um, if you are listening to, as I'm going over with the NIV, you're going to find that the NIV version is a little bit more, hmm, I, I, word for... Um, thought for thought, as they say. So it's a little bit more like easier for us to digest, I guess is the point. Um, Whereas sometimes the ESV is more word for word, which I 
I like that a lot of times. I really like it to feel very word for word. Um, but that doesn't mean that any, either one is better than the other. Um, it's just a little bit like sometimes I find I'll read it and I'll be like, ah, I don't know if I completely understand what they're saying here. I'm going to go read it in another translation as well and see if it sinks in a bit better. And sometimes I'll go through five different translations and, and really just try to understand the root of what the author was saying at that time. So, all right, so today we are going to be reading Romans 1, 1 through 17. We're going to be looking at some study questions. Uh, the captions for these for this um, these verses is first the greeting, um, a longing to visit Rome, and then the righteous shall live by faith. And that's going to be the kind of the headings of the different passages that we're going to be reading here. So some backstory on all of this. As we begin reading the book of Romans, it is good to know some backstory. So who wrote it? Why? When? Who for? Why is it special? All right, so the author of Romans is Paul, and it's a letter. It's at that time um, after you know, Jesus's crucifixion. And when he rose again, there were apostles. There are apostles that went out and they tried to um, build his church and, and spread his word and his gospel. And with that, there were um, many different little pockets and churches that popped up in all different places. And Paul was a man chosen by God to explain the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. He was a very unlikely pick um, and a testament to God's grace and how he pursues us. Um, he had a radical transformation from a Christian persecutor to who many consider to be the patriarch of the Christian faith. Um, it was a shocking and beautiful transformation, and he really just wholeheartedly dedicated his life to, to God. Um, it symbolizes all of our hope, because if he can make that turnaround, so can we. As Paul writes in many of his letters in summary, um, if this sinner, he's referring to himself, can overcome and be born again in Christ, then we all have hope in Christ. So the letter of Romans was written by Paul to the church in Rome at about 57 AD, and he wrote to them to let them know he was on his way to apologize for not coming sooner. He, Mind you, he was you know, everybody was trying to kill him. So, <laughs> so he didn't make it there sooner. Um, he also wrote, uh, this is, um, this is not knowing. He also wrote this, not knowing whether or not he would make it alive. Um, his ministry, uh, was bringing Christ to the world. It was very dangerous in something that we take for granted. You know, we just move on through our lives. Um, you know, maybe accepting Christ, maybe not, not a big deal, but to these people, um, you know, by accepting Christ that, that actually put them very much in harm's way in many ways. And he did it anyways. Um, which was just, I mean, he, it was almost like he didn't have a choice. God called him. So I love that. <laughs> um, the church in Rome was not planted by Paul himself, unlike many of the others at the time that he actually started. Um, it is believed that the church in Rome was most likely formed by the Jews who had been in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. That's in Acts 2.10. You can go back and refer to that. Um, this was written to help clear up and bring the full gospel to those disputing the justification and mercy of Christ to all believers, um, and not just those who first kept Jewish law. So what was happening a lot during that time is, is these people 
all witnessed this amazing thing that happened. They went back, they, they started this church of believers, of Christians, but they were Jewish people. And so there was a lot of confusion as to whether or not uh, someone who, you know, Jesus said, we accept all people um, into the church who accepts him. Um, and, and so it was confusing whether or not, okay, do they have to be Jewish first because Jesus was Jewish? So do they have to uphold Jewish law? Um, do they have to go through all of the customs of the Jewish faith in order to then become Christians? And that was really confusing as to, as to where to go with that. And seeing that Paul did not plant that particular church, um, he really wanted to make sure that he cleared this up with them. And many revere Romans to be uh, kind of his pinnacle of his work. So a lot of the other letters that he wrote to different churches were a lot shorter um, and, and a lot more direct in certain ways, um, certain specific things. But for this particular letter, for this particular church, he really wanted to get this right. And the main point of Romans is Paul bringing the heat. <laughs> he did. Um, he teaches that it is not by law or works that we are saved. Let me say that again. It is not by the law or works that we are saved. It is not by what we do, but by what God did for us that saves us. We are justified solely because of Christ's amazing gift of grace to forgive our sins. We can't do that on our own. He did that. We were never expected to be perfect as God's law is an expression of him. And therefore his law is perfect. And we, I, I don't know if you've read the rest of the Bible, but basically we can't do like, we're not successful. <laughs> we try to be successful. I mean, humankind tried to be successful. And no matter what, we just could not be perfect because we are not like God. We are not perfect as God is. And he knew that. So he sent his son to die for us to be able to give us that salvation that we could not attain on our own. Our works are impossible in saving us because we are not perfect as only God is. We are expected to accept our imperfection, recognize our sin, accept his gift of grace, rely on him through faith. This is the most important thing. We have to rely on him for our every footsteps. And because of this, our works become an expression of our love and our knowledge of what he and only he can do. So a lot of times we get this backwards. It's not the works that saves us. It is we are saved and then our works are an expression of our love for him and understanding that in our heart. So law nor works save us or make us Christian. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump on in. So in this passage, I did want to kind of give a little bit more here. So in this passage, Paul gives us an opening statement. He explains who he is and who he is in Christ. He's an apostle of God on a mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. He then explains his desire to visit Rome and why. He wants to bless them with spiritual gifts, and in turn, he, mutually, he wants to be mutually encouraged by their faith as well. He plans to bring the gospel to all Jews and Gentiles alike. Then he explains the intent of this letter, the power of God's salvation to everyone who believes. Faith. All right. So we're going to go ahead and get started. 
not too long. This is um, just one through 17. There are three different headings in the ESV. Actually, in the NIV, there's only two, but we're going to read this in the ESV today because how I originally read Romans was in the ESV, and I just felt it to be so incredibly powerful. So that's what we're going to read it in. Okay, so the first thing is the greeting. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness, by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord, through him we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the next passage, longing to go to Rome. First, I thank you, my God, through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God will, by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. The next part. The righteous shall live by faith. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So that is Romans 1, 1 through 17, and that is in the ESV. So a little Greek here. I'm going to just say this little little bits and pieces here to kind of sprinkle this in because um, I always like to kind of nerd out on some of the stuff. For those of you who don't know, I am a total Enneagram 5, so diving into all of this studying is like so fun for me. And I know it's not for everybody, but in just little pieces. So um, the same Greek word across the board, it translates into, um, into English as righteous, just, or justice. So that is the same Greek word can be uh, righteous, just, or justice. And the Jewish readers um, whom Paul was writing would have interpreted the phase, the righteousness of God, as God's own faithfulness to his promises to Israel, his covenant. By keeping his word, he shows his righteousness, justice, and trustworthiness. This all ties back to the Jewish courts at the time and being righteous was not a moral judgment. It didn't hold all of that weight kind of like it does for us. Being righteous is really a moral type of thing for them. Uh, it would have rather it to, it would have been found as right as a result of a judge's decision. 
So we're going to go more into this in future readings, but that's the basics of it, that it's, um, it's a little bit different for us than it would have been for them, that word righteousness. Okay, so here's some questions to consider. I want you to study these. I want what I would love. And the reason why I'm doing this is because I would love for you to, you know, pick up the Bible, go back through this and say, okay, so she read all of this, but, but what does this all mean? I'd love for you to dive deeper into it because the word is just, it's like layers upon layers of amazingness. And so, um, we can listen to it, but then there's so much more to it. Okay. So here's some questions to consider as you go back through. What is the gospel that Paul is referring to? He says he's going to bring the gospel to the world, right? So what does he mean by that? Next question. How are we hesitant about the good news in our own lives, in our society? Where do we get those holdups from? Next question. How does Paul address the divisions in the church of Rome in his first passage? So how is division presented today in the church? And how does this passage apply? So I always find this so fascinating how this was written, you know, 2000 years ago, <laughs> but so much of it applies to our current society. That's why it's God's word, because it applies throughout the ages. And so how, and there's a lot of division that we are dealing with right now in this world. And how is that being presented in the church? And how, how does this passage apply to that? And what does salvation mean for Paul? When he is talking about salvation here, what does that provide us? All right, so there's some questions for you. Next week, we are going to be diving into a pretty serious little chunk of Romans, and it's just the beginning. So I want to also say this here. Romans is my jam. I, I love Romans, and I know full out that I do not understand Romans on the level that I would love to understand Romans. But what I do know of Romans, it speaks to a place in me coming from my background that is uh, just so, so close to God. It, it brings me to so much more understanding of who Christ was and what he did for us. Uh, it is all about salvation and it's all about his love. And it's all about the twisty, twervy way that our, our world has put achievement ahead of what God did for us and how we glorify the person and the achievements over, over what God has done and what it means to flip that around, what it means in your life to flip that around. That's what Romans is about. So in closing, I'm just going to read this one last part again really quick just because it's great and I love it. Um, and actually, I think this time I'm going to read it in an NIV because I want to just give you another little part here. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. All right, I'll see you guys next week. 
Thank you so much for coming today and hanging out with me for this Bible reading. Go ahead and jump on over to Finding Faith Above where you are going to find all sorts of cool inspiration. I'll see you next time.